Welcome to another edition of the Divine Warning Agency Podcast. This is Daishi and Jason Steves, and we are currently July 2020. Today we are going to start by throwing together some sound bits at various classes of interesting discussion, and then we'll go from there. There's nothing particularly planned for today, just a mishmash of different topics. Here we go. What is your opinion on? Jack of all trades is a master of none. How does that apply to ninjutsu? The what does The jack, jack of, of all trades. trades. Have you heard this before? No. Really? The jack of all trades is a master of none, which basically means if you take on or try to master too many things, skills, you'll never master any of them. I agree. Totally. <laughs> so you can't you master all of things. Yeah. You master none. Which is, comes back to another question about, like some people in, in Nijutsu who focus only on Taijutsu. And like Dr. Kasem Zugari, I think his name is, his Taijutsu is amazing. But that's all it is. Thinking about, if you go Nijutsu, Taekwondo, that too. Uh, that Shotokan or whatever, yeah. like you stay with one, you can master it. But if you want to go with all of them... These MMA guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're all first degree in this and this and this and this and this. And they've got fourth or fifth in one yeah. style. Yeah. Or someone who lists on their websites that they have a fifth dan in this style and a sixth dan in that style and a third dan in that style. That may not be good. <laughs> Mathematically, I'm just not sure how that works. Because, yeah, you're not mastering anything. You're spreading yourself through. Now, as far as the ninja goes, because we have so many skills, some people are naturally gifted in some jutsu. Like when they do bo shuriken throwing, they always, in Japan, they always call him the same guy to show it because he's really good at it. So you may have a gift for something, but generally, other than the fact that you may, you might gravitate to one, you're, we're really knowledgeable about all kinds of things, but just, you know, average skill. Whereas in the old ninja movies back in the 80s, they made us look like we were superhuman in everything, which is cool and good. <laughs> but the, the reality of it is we could barely spend enough time to master everything, so we were good at everything. That's why you were in practical mastery in genius. That's right, yeah. And then, oh, like you said, there's the guy, the odd guy who might be naturally gifted in something. So he would be called to do that. Like if I had to crawl through a narrow space in a castle, they wouldn't ask me. They would get a really small guy to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sometimes you can't. That's right. Even if you want. I know. It's 90% of your time on Taijutsu, even though it's only 10% of your knowledge. Yeah. But at the same point, no matter what else you study, your Taijutsu isn't even isn't even half as good as it should be, you're in a world of trouble when you're going to need it. Yeah, that's right. But at the same time, Tajutsu should be the last one to fix. Like, if you can outsmart them or trick them or set traps, all the better. But uh, if you don't have to, for sure, or psychological warfare, maybe trying to trick people, road rage, maybe going straight at the shovel is not the greatest idea, but... <laughs> trick them into thinking you're mentally handicapped or something? I don't know. Yeah. When is it okay to use credit for purchases? When you're collecting points 
Well, there is a reason you are using credit card for purchases. Because most of the bank accounts, they charge you for every time that you use them. And you use the credit card, but if you are smart and you have money, you pay, so you don't have to pay interest. Mm -hmm. Because if you make uh, hundreds of operations in your bank account with your debit card, you are going to pay a lot to the bank. Really? Yep. I've got unlimited debits. Yeah, I think around here that's pretty common nowadays. But uh, most people would say, especially if you go to like financial gurus, they'd probably say maybe a house on credit is okay because people can't afford a house up front. Maybe a car. On credit? Schooling. Ah, okay, you're talking about okay. credit, of course. Yeah. The bigger things. House, car, education, I can understand. Even education. I think people would argue against that in some cases. Well, it depends on what the education's for. If you're taking philosophy, then yeah, you're an idiot. Or art. Or art. <laughs> or music. There's a great number of them that you shouldn't yeah. take a student loan for. If you want to be a teacher, that's different. Yeah. But if you can discipline yourself to pay off just to collect your 2%. Even that. My opinion is that's a gimmick. And if, if, if you pay off every 30 days, there's no penalty. There's, Paying thanks. Yeah. But even, even that, I think there's a danger to you always using a credit card. I don't own a credit card. I have a credit line, but no credit card. Yeah. yeah. I can tell you another reason. Sure. It's hard to steal money from a credit card. It's easy to steal money from a debit card. That depends on whether you have the tap activated or not. Because you know that by default, tap is activated? I know. You have to yeah. ask for it to be turned and off. I, and I have to say, I noticed that the Royal Bank said we started switching over to tap machines. Yeah. Said, That's a bad idea because then instead of just being able to tap at the counter for yeah. $50, they can now tap and have access to all of your accounts. Yeah. And the people that walk by behind your, your butt. I can tell you something real. They, they stole money from my bank account twice. Really? And they tried from the credit card. And they called me like 1 o'clock in the morning. They said, Sir, where are you? Sleeping in my bed. Okay. Somebody is trying to use 1,999 $1, bucks from your credit card. So they called me right away. Well, that's good. So they stopped. Yeah. Obviously. The bank then called me. Yeah. They just let the e transfer to go. <laughs> okay. They gave the money back. Yeah. But Most of them will honor that. Yeah. Like the credit card uh, centers, they are more secure than the banks. Yeah. But you know, if you don't have a credit card, then it's not going to be stolen. That's right. And there's, a, there's lots of reasons to go cash only. It's untraceable to a point, and if there's a collapse of society, credit cards are useless. Debit cards are useless, and your bank will be useless shortly thereafter. Yeah. Then you have to go back to fine metals. Well, it could get to, it could get so bad that fine metals are useless. Like people, it, that's well, people will always people value gold and silver. Yeah. Well, no, it could get so bad that gold and silver is useless. It can get that bad. Once it gets that bad, they're back a, into bartering for everything. Well, take it this way. What do you prefer to have? 
a normal stainless steel uh, knife or a knife made from gold or silver? Orange, you need stainless steel. I don't want gold. Gold is a soft metal. No, gold is soft when it's natural. But you don't have gold natural, like 24 karat gold. Most of the gold is 10, 14. And the, the gold I buy is pure gold. <laughs> because you, in a collapse, it's easy to melt and it's easy to break, to buy, buy stuff. There's a Bible verse that talks about their prediction about their gold and silver being worthless. And uh, a future prediction. I'd have to see that. Not that I don't believe it, but I'd like to see it though. Don't you know why gold is so expensive now? Uh, I've heard it's manipulated that way. No. Technology use gold. Yes. Satellites. Yeah. Everything is circuits. The, the, the circuits. Yeah. The best value in gold. This is why once the before thousand years ago they were like jewel jewelry or whatever. Yeah. But now technology is using it. Yeah. And an insulator, supposedly. There's uh, some high end sports cars that for the firewall they use gold. Keep the engine heat out. Now it might not be very thick. You know, like a tiny gold plated something, but so now they came with uh, that gold plates that yeah. you can eat and they do I don't know what kind of Yeah, for cakes and decorations. But you see silver is emitting ions. And gold is better than silver. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. That's good, I think. Thank you very much. Thanks. Hey, we're way over. Koshijitsu is organ destruction. And Koppo is bone breaking. And Dakin Taijitsu is body condition. So, like, just beating on each other where they are. So, these guys specialize in these things, but they also train in everything else? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they had their. Their. their I don't know if it would be like a talent. Like, ooh, I'm really good at beating up other people. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, Dakin Taijitsu is like. It's sort of like key training, but it's other parts. Like when we hit the iron pan, that's Dakin Taijutsu. Or when we slap, that's Dakin Taijutsu. So that when you get hit on the street, it's not going to hurt, kind of thing, or you don't notice. From the teachings of Ikan Bo comes the saying, Bufu ni sentin mashi. From this side will not come the first strike. That's why uh, a lot of our styles are defensive, receiving clusters. We don't hit first. No, I shouldn't say that. We don't initiate the hit, but we do hit first, <laughs> if, if yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. They throw the punch first, but we connect first. That's yeah. kind of the, the ideology. Unless there was a sentry and his back was turned and he was holding a gun. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> but in a way, we're still defensive because the way we approach him and take him out is because he'll kill us if he sees us. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's sort of still defensive. Depends on how you look at it. It's a little philosophical that way. So then, uh, that's probably the bulk of the nine. So they're converging. So this is, uh, Takamatsu's grandfather, right? Or something like that. Takamatsu Sensei yes. awarded. What's that? Yeah, that guy actually taught Takamatsu Sensei. He oh, but the match, the match was, his, yeah. was his grandfather. Yeah. Okay. 
because the ones that he didn't get directly from this guy, he got from his grandfather. So there's most of them he got from this one guy, and a couple of the others he got from so his grandfather. His grandfather. Was also already a grandmaster of a couple of schools. Yeah. yeah. What I've noticed though, Kika, so Kika Niru, there's the kanji for it. Truth, loyalty, and justice school. And that doesn't translate kopojutsu, which means bone breaking, the art of bone breaking. Which is funny because bone breaking can prove your loyalty, whether you uh, provide justice and find out the truth. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And as I read through, which I won't read the whole list out, but I see the, like the first date for the first soke is. 1558 to 1570. And let's see any recognizable names here. Ishitani Takeoi Masatsugu, which is number 11, died in 1905. Then we have the grandfather of Takamatsu, right there. He was born in 1844 and died in 1908. And then Takamatsu was born in 1887 and died in 1972. Akimoto Fumio, the one that supposedly went to him and then passed back. Born in 1894, died in 1962. And then Hatsumi Masaki, born in 1931 to present. And we're getting close to a new one. Yeah. I just told someone the other day, he has passed Sokiship on to someone. Yes, he is. But uh, I don't want to say too much about it because I think it's up to that person to tell the world, not me. But uh, I think you've mentioned it. Yeah, you mentioned it. He has, it's not secret secret. He doesn't like to say much about it, but sometimes when he does classes, he'll wear the Soki patch. Yeah, because there's images of him yeah, with the patch. That's right. Yeah. Um, and it angers people. <laughs> yeah. He was told by... It's bound to anger people, right? And he's a white guy. He's not a Japanese That's guy. That's a big yeah. problem, probably. With and the... to my knowledge, he's the only one. But um, when talking with this guy, he has said... He has said to me that he's pretty sure Hatsumi's going to give out at least another one. Or maybe two more. Which... Branch it a little bit. Branch it out. Yeah, so it would be like one of the... I mean, it's branched before but not officially. When it branches, when something branches, usually they add a... Do I have a printing? So there, this is a good... This is a good example. This school is Takagi... The real school is Takagi Yoshimiryu. Jutajitsu means grandfather. So, you see here it says Hontai, or Hon, and then we have Dash Mizuta Den down here. So Hon means main, or the primary. But then whenever you do a den, anything that has den on the end of it means it's a branch of the main. Which first, right first and foremost, doesn't make sense. <laughs> because this is claiming to be the primary branch, and now this is, or like the trunk, and then a branch of the trunk. Like, huh? But anyway, so whenever you see hontai, hontai takagiyoshin means the, the primary, the true form, it says right there. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, the mass majority of people who train in ninjutsu are white people, are they not? Yeah. So it's just bound, it's pretty much, if you get rid of any racial, any, like, yeah. there should be racism anyway, right? Yeah. That's right. So, if you, if everybody's white that's training, automatically... The odds are in our favor. The odds are in the favor, yeah. Um, and besides that, 
Hatsumi has said that, for reasons unknown, white people learn much faster than Japanese people. And he doesn't know why. He was, uh, I think it was in the, um, oh, the 70s, I think he said. It's in one of his books, anyway. He said he was asked to train at a U.S. air base in Japan. And so he trained, this was supposed to be temporary, like just a, hey, check this out. So he was doing it. And the white guys are way taller than Japanese to begin with. But anyway, he said when he was doing it, he was amazed at how fast the white people picked it up. And so he made a decision to start teaching it to whites. Which sounds racism too. But before that, if you weren't Japanese, you weren't allowed to have it. Because that was a, a national... It was like a national treasure, and that's what they used to protect Japan. Like, that's their thing, right? So, anyway, he decided to, to train white people, and he said, right when he first started, there was a thousand U.S. soldiers he was teaching from that base. And he says they learned so fast, he said they could, they picked it up fast, they were taller, so they could apply the mechanics better, and, um, the guy who lived in, at the time, he lived in Japan. I'm wondering if he's not the one I've seen in the YouTube video, because he, I remember a video. I think he has glasses. Background, like a saw Yeah, sometimes. All very Japanese type background. And he's talking about, and Hatsumi are good friends, and he said, I keep getting questions on what I believe is going to happen after Hatsumi yeah. passes on. And he said, the Gushin Khan is whatever we make it. And I'm pretty sure it was, it must have been him. Very yeah. soft-spoken. Yeah. I don't dare presume to say what Hatsumi's thinking for the future. And yeah. Very well-spoken. And, uh, besides that, he's, we used to have what's called the Shidoshikai. It's a meeting for instructors once a month in Japan. And you had to be fifth down or higher to get it, to get in. But he's changed that. Last year, I think it was. And he, he disbanded the Shiroshikai, which is why you don't buy Bujinkan memberships anymore. And he created what he called the Buyukai, which is a martial friends organization. So white belt and up can go to these meetings once a month. And, uh, he, once a year, he said he's going to appoint a representative. <laughs> well, that, and being that it's a, it's a, the Japanese are very, uh, focused on their rituals and yeah. stuff like that, but at the same time, some of their more historic stuff can be kind of waylaid off to the side for more modern. Said whereas foreigners are all taking to it is yeah, it's something new and yeah. they fight over it a lot too. Yeah. Like, this is historically accurate, and no, it's not. And but then people have like people have argued, you the one that we were studying, the grandmasters up there, saying that that's, there's no proof beyond Takamatsu, say. I think Takamatsu is about as far back as they can research. But um, a few years back, there's an old couple in Tokyo who found, found? Maybe found is not the right word. They revealed to the public that uh, in their attic, they have 400-year-old documents of Tokyo view because it's their family line. They, just, they don't actively practice but they are descendants of Tobukure people, and they have all the documents in their attic, and they're 400 years old, so that's a hell of a lot older than 
Takamatsu. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. Uh, a lot of the arguments you get online yeah. is, oh well, none of the other ninjutsu schools are uh, will recognize the Bujinkan and blah blah blah. Honestly, that's when it becomes it when it's one of the originals. Yeah, the, I find a lot of these debates and stuff. That's when it almost becomes religious. Like yeah. people are just like, "Oh, that's not authentic," and that's uh, and well, a lot of these people like that are arguing are just basement dwellers who've read one or two read books articles and, on the internet or whatever, and they don't practice, they don't study, they rely on people who. Don't necessarily like the Vision Con to start yep. with, like certain mm-hmm. authors. But see, I think that's very convenient because as a white guy in his mama's basement in New Jersey, for instance, he can't speak Japanese, he's not athletic, and he can't get to Japan. Yeah. It's convenient for him to say it's not real. Yeah. But yet, at the same so. point, if you watch, uh, there was a video and it was uh, Hopkiss, the British officer who was teaching hand to hand combat in World War II. Okay. And everybody says, oh, well, Hopkiss and this guy and this guy were the original fathers of mar- uh, military martial arts for the Western society. Just one of the first things they teach them. Break falls. Yeah. And, like, it's literally shootos to the throat. Yeah. How to break free of grabs. Like, you watch this old black and white World War II video on how to kill the Huns. Yeah. And it's all... Ninjutsu. Yeah. Every aspect of it is ninjutsu. Yeah. I enjoy, I I really enjoy history. I enjoy the history. I do, I do too. But I'm not willing to, like, I can't get into this whole, I don't know even how to say this, but I don't care about, I like the history, but I just want to see that it works. I want to see the self-defense that works. I don't care if it's original, authentic, from Japan, blah, blah, blah. Because that doesn't mean it works. Well, one of the arguments I've used is when were muskets introduced? 1700s? 1600s? No. The, well, yes. Around uh, that. It was, Admi- it was Admiral the, uh, MacArthur that brought them in for the first time? No. No? Um, I think it was the Spaniards that first started trading with okay. them. It was during the, like it was when the first uh, Gaijin first started uh-huh. showing trade. up on the shores and they started allowing them to trade. So that would have been uh, 1700s, I think. Okay. So then my example is, once the musket was introduced, for instance, the ninjas had no concept of what this was. Now all of a sudden they're faced with it and it was very deadly. Because, you know, deadly accuracy, deadly distance, and all that stuff. Even though it was a musket, but that's beside the point. <laughs> More accurate than an arrow. Yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah, faster. I mean, ten feet away. See you later. <laughs> yeah, it, it was almost magic. So anyway, so what did they do? They had to adapt. They got a hold of some. They learned to use them. And they, they internalized it. Made it their own. So now, if, that's, if you're, say, 50 or less years after this, and maybe you're in a historian or something, but you say, this is not original music. This is fake. Yeah. Is it really? What did they do? Well, they just took something that was a new tool. They saw it as a threat and a, a tool to use, and they incorporated it. Is it authentic? Well, it's not a thousand years old, if that's what you mean, but 
But that's what they want us to do. That's right. That's what they trained us that's to the, do. That's so what you got to remember, do. before the muskets, they still had gunpowder because that's they right. were making hand cannons. That's right. That's right. So yeah. they'd be walking along with the bamboo pipe sure, and sure. Yeah. suddenly set it down and light it off in somebody's face. So Yeah. Yeah. But I think sometimes there should be a little more focus on some modern stuff. And that's called Shin. That's called uh, Shinken Taijutsu, yes, which is the modern application of ancient arts. And that's been around forever, because a thousand years ago, the modern application of ancient arts just went back further to the current time, that's all. So what is it today? Uh, maybe it sounds funny, maybe comical at times, but instead of horses, maybe it's all-terrain vehicles. Did they have motorcycles back then? Obviously not. <laughs> well, but if we it, put it right on a war scale, the vehicle, there's all kinds of vehicles. Uh, absolutely, yeah. And uh, they used them during World War One for sure. I don't know about World War Two. Maybe. Horses? Well, yeah, motorcycles. Were, I mean. Oh, motorcycles yeah. they used in World War Two. Yeah. World War One they had horses. They gave up on those pretty quick. Well. Other than hauling field cannon around, they okay. didn't work out the yeah. way they were supposed to. But now we think, say, of uh, kind of taking the prepper side of it now. If uh, there's a huge disaster or a fuel shortage and everyone's cars are lined up on the highways, clogging it, maybe they're trying to get out, or maybe this is months after and they're just all dead on the highway. Either way, uh, an ATV is going to be your king of, of transportation. It's going to go anywhere that the cars couldn't go. It's going to be able to avoid all the traffic jams. It's going to be able to get everywhere. It's the new horse. You'll see me and my kayak going down the Pollock River yeah. or something. <laughs> well, actually, I just uh, I just downloaded a video yesterday of a company that makes a bicycle-slash-motorcycle hybrid, and it's electric, motorcycle, solar charging, and pedal. So you can it'll do both. And I'm like, now there's something clever. And so I've enough. seen another version of it where you can fold it and put it in your trunk and it has big, those big tube tires that are like for all terrain. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's an upgrade of the old, uh, it had a scooter years in, like back in the early 90s where it was a gas engine. But yeah. then to support this little tiny, like oh. 15cc engine to go uphill, you could pedal yeah, the bike. I remember those. My uncle had one in the States. Yeah. So that was a neat little thing. So you could get going 20, 30 kilometers yeah. an hour on the roads. But if you hit a hill, you had to pedal. Yeah, and that's fine. Uh, if it's a and it took like three liters of gas or something, and go yeah. for an hour or more. Yeah. Of course, the guy's gonna say, but if it's a end of the world scenario, you're not gonna have fuel. There'll be fuel for a while. It's just you're gonna have to find it or make your own, and you can make your own. It's easy enough. And if you're a prepper, you should have a good supply on hand. That's right. Although, yeah. You should, but um, it spoils. Uh, you know what I did? My generator that I got? Yeah. Propane. Propane won't spoil. You did? You did convert it to propane? Or oh, it well, propane. it's a propane oh, it it's dual fuel. You can use either or. Yeah, okay. Oh, I see. Yeah. So you can get cans of propane and they'll, they last forever. Now, gas will... You can make it last longer. Stable or something. No sunlight, no air at all. Vacuum sealed would be better. Uh, I think you can buy stabilizers, yeah. little pills you put in it. But I mean, you're still not only talking. I don't know if it would go a couple years or if that even ten years is not. That yeah, great. But it's not going to last you that long anyway. No. So. Plus, you're going to have 
looters, and it's always going to be a threat. But like you said, if you can make ethanol, which is relatively easy, it's just it's just uh, moonshine, and mm-hmm. it'll it'll run into gas in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can make moonshine by blowing yourself up in the process. Well, that's the, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> yeah. But um, oh, you can run a diesel generator off of cooking oil, like yeah, I've done it. Now you're supposed to do all kinds of things to turn it into biofuel, but you don't have to. I had a diesel, and I years ago Denise worked at uh, Wendy's. And they throw all the discarded oil in bins or tubs, yeah. and we go out there with five-gallon buckets and scoop it, bring it home, and I pour it into the gas tank straight. Yeah. And it worked every time. Oh, you never? You must have filtered. I it? filtered it through a cloth once, through a t-shirt or something. Yeah, yeah. t-shirt. Yeah. Just to get the clumps out. There was sometimes fatty acids floating on it, or dirt, or French fries. <laughs> but uh, other than that, once it was cleaned, I poured it straight into the gas tank. Maybe mixed it with a little diesel sometimes, like ten percent diesel. Yeah. If it was colder, depending like on the weather, in the winter time you might have to do twenty or thirty percent diesel on the rest, and it worked fine. In the summer, you could probably go straight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it smelled like uh, French fries when it burned, but uh, other than that, you don't have to turn it into diesel. I mean, like biofuel. It's just I, I didn't even know why you do it. To be honest with you, my father has this big setup for bio to to make biodiesel, and it was like five thousand dollar machine. Like, a, why? <laughs> I remember when I first came baking, it suddenly got real hard to get a hold of old fryer grease yeah. from all the restaurants because they, you had three or four people that were willing to pay them for it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of died off now, though. But MythBusters did an episode where they had a car and a little reservoir sitting outside of their hood. Do you remember that? So. Now, I think what they did though was that they had to warm it first. They warmed the oil so that it was liquid because I think they were using. Well, because if you know the difference between saturated and unsaturated fats, saturated fats is at room temperature, it's a clump. Yeah. And unsaturated fats is at room temperature, it's a liquid. So just throw away the clumpy stuff and you're good to go. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe that's what the biodiesel is. It takes saturated fats it and turns it into a usable liquid. Yeah, and I didn't care about that. I just took the stuff that was liquid already and poured it straight in and it was work. it would work fine. Yeah. Yeah. I used to have a old uh, Mercedes-Benz. It was diesel. A what? I never personally did it. I never personally did it with it, but the the owner before me said he'd put uh, cooking oil in there and ran it off it. Yeah, it works a lot better than you think it does. Now, I noticed that when I did it, I had to change out the blow plugs a little bit more often because they would gunk up a bit faster. And when I took it in, it's like, your, your, your glow plugs are all gunky. And it's like, I don't understand. And, and a couple times I didn't get them free because I'd have to change them more than they were supposed to be done. And they would still be within warranty time. <laughs> so I'd go back and say, oh, I don't know what's wrong. I knew exactly what was wrong. That they were just, they gunked up faster. Oh, you take them out, clean them up. Oh, they put brand new ones in because they couldn't understand why they would, what would go wrong with them. So it's like, oh, they must have been a bad batch. And you put them back in and six months later or, not quite a year. I'd go back and have them changed one more time before the warranty ran out. <laughs> like, what the? It's like, I don't understand. <laughs> but you know, I knew what was going on. It's just, I didn't want to pay for it. <laughs> but they're cheap anyway. It's not a big deal. Remain physically fit with exercise and food. True or false? <laughs> True. <laughs> True. <laughs>
<laughs> Wait for it. It'll happen. <laughs> Not if you smart, though. I find a lot of it has to do with M. What do they call it? O O M O M G food. Oh, GMO. GMO, not O M G food. Actually, in French, it's when. Yeah. So, yeah, GMO. How long have you been in Canada? Me? Yeah. Twenty years. Twenty years. I suppose they're all banned. So. Yeah. I figured. Probably in Romania, you don't have a problem with like. Oh, they they have bigger problem. Like now they have to put on the packages a lot more than you can find here in North America. It's European community, and they are forced to put everything that you can find. Really? Like they like strange eat, animals and stuff. And oh yeah. Like dogs and cats. Yeah. Horses. Dogs, cats, no, but uh, yeah, horse meat, nah, a little bit. I found more horse meat in Quebec than... Really? Yeah. yeah. It's too expensive in Romania to, to kill a horse. <laughs> in Quebec, it's even cheaper than the cow meat, the horse meat. Hmm. I've honestly never had horse, because we generally just put them down and buried them in the orchard. Ooh. Yeah, I suppose it depends It's a good meat. Yeah. It's very clean. Like the horse from all the animals, it is the cleanest animal. Yeah, probably. I could the see horse that. won't drink... Water, if the water is not clean, they are pretty sensitive, and the food, and this is why it's very expensive to raise horses. But the meat, wonderful. Well, our horses always kind of like dill pickle chips as a treat, so <laughs> it couldn't have been that damn <laughs> And when I say they like the treat, I mean, when they heard the bag crack, their, paw, their hooves were up in the air just waiting. Yeah. Really? Um, I find genetically modified foods is just... Terrible. It's everywhere. It's very hard. If you wanted to eat clean, it's such a struggle to go out of your way to find the foods and then. I know if you want non farm salmon, the only spot in Moncton to buy it is at the fish market on St. George. Huh? It's the only spot you can buy non farm salmon. So then, like from the grocery the wild. stores, are, yeah. All yeah. the grocery stores are farmed. Interesting. And I know that because if the wife eats farm salmon, she's sick for three days. This is why I prefer not to eat too much salmon from the market. Anyway, it's not very good to eat yeah. very often. Yeah. I prefer to go to fish myself and <laughs> in clean water and frozen. <laughs> but even then, that's why I say it's so hard to get clean food because the, what are they getting in the, in the streams? What are they getting? What's being put in the water? Yeah. What's there naturally? And then the, if you believe the chemtrail stuff, well, the stuff say, they spray. Uh, chickens. They said you cannot find a chicken that is uh, that's not uh, resistant to most bacteria. Because no matter whether you buy it off of somebody, like if you went and bought it, the hatchlings off of Robert, and he's had, it came off of five sets of hatchlings he's had, you're still going to find the same chemicals in them as you would otherwise because it's all genetically bred into them. I could see that. It would probably take a long time to, to get it out. Yeah. And then if you're feeding them grains and stuff like that, unless you know where the grain came from, you're right back to square one. And ancient grains and all that stuff. By the way, we have a box of that 25-year uh, storage food at the house now. Oh, yeah, so you got the free... No, no, we ordered a one-week supply. We ordered two, but we're eating one, and we're going to 
either keep the other one for ourselves in the event that it's needed, or if someone wants to buy it, we'll do that. So. Just order the, uh, but if you can look at them at least if you want to see what they look like and stuff. I don't mean to order, just pay for the shipping. Like, well, then yeah. food. It's uh, survival food. Survival food is like freeze dried. It I tastes have, really good. Yeah, I have those biscuits that uh, they are in the in the lifeboats. <laughs> you know what? You eat one, you're good for almost half day, like really. Like yeah. Dehydrate loaf of bread they gave us in the military. The military. Oh, holy God! You bit into that and it's like chewing into a three-inch chunk of cardboard. Bites <laughs> were good. Because as soon as that hit your stomach, it just kind of went boom. Yeah. Well, these ones they they don't look appetizing because they're so freeze-dried and ground up, and then but when you make them, oh, 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 they are so good. Water and boil and it's amazing how good they are. Yeah. Oh. And they're cheaper than buying groceries. Really. It's just, you got to order it from the States. Well, unless I do it ahead of time. But So there's a bit of a process. you got to pay in advance, and there's a delay and all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, we worked it out. And for a year's worth of food at the grocery store compared to a year's worth of this stuff, you're actually saving money by getting the survival food and then eating it right away, which is weird. And it tastes good. So. <laughs> yeah. I almost want an apocalypse just so I can eat it. <laughs> Last time we bought two boxes because we're eating one right away because it's so good. And the other one we're going, we stored, but it's in the in the store part. So. And he totally doesn't care. <laughs> so the main topic: laws. Um, how can I put this? True or false? You should never break the law. Interesting. <clears throat> what do you say? True. Interesting. So in your case, if I give you an example, what if you are, let's do this because I actually asked somebody this. You are an RCMP officer and your boss says that you have to go and take the kids out of a house and you know for a fact that they're okay and it's not their not the parents' fault. Nothing bad is happening, but you have to do it anyway. Like you mean there was like say a call or something that was put in said the parents were beating these children sure. but you know they're not? You know they're not. You know for maybe everyone else doesn't, but you happen to know for a fact somehow mm-hmm. that So someone's ordering me that is above my authority? Sure. Maybe that's a bad example because now you're the RSMP and that's a little different. But what would you do in that case, though? Would you do the job? Yeah. You would? Yeah. Okay. What if you are required to get a tattoo put on your hand or your forehead by law? For identification purposes? Yes. Would you do it? <clears throat> okay. Well. Doesn't the Bible say we should follow the laws? <laughs> it does. Of the land? It does. To a point. And you said no, so why do you say no? Because there's a difference between laws and blatantly holding people like sheep and trying to brainwash them to some extent. And is, morality is not necessarily yeah. the same as laws. Exactly. What if the law says you're not allowed to own a firearm? But you know that they're coming for you. 
Be your right to have a firearm if you feel it's necessary to protect yourself. Or maybe that's way extreme. But even What's, like even like a farmer, like a farmer who has to scare wolves or coyotes off of their property, and they have to yeah. own a firearm. But then they say, "No, you can't." And you go away to a point where it's either your livelihood, your what puts food on your table and yeah. pays your bills, is going to get. Oh, that's a good up, example. Is going to get eaten up because you can't own a firearm to scare off all the wildlife around. What would you do? I'd, I'd yeah. find another way to have a firearm. Or let's say the native situation. Fuck off, Let's cat. say uh, you own the land, Crown Land, and they're putting a pipeline through your land. The government says that they have the right to do it, but as natives, you own the land. What do you do? Do you defend your rights or do you give it to the government? The best thing to do would be <clears throat> to try to change the law politically. How about living together with someone you're not married to? <coughs> Common law. You're legally allowed to. But the Bible says you're not allowed to. Uh, what about doing drugs? I don't know if the Bible says that. Yeah. Oh, it definitely does. Definitely does. That you're no. not married to. Well, or... Yeah, it says you're not allowed to sleep with anyone or live together unless you're married. Right. Hmm. But do you think that uh, means you have to be... Married according to what the government says you're married, or can you ah, not marry between you and your wife and God? Well, see, myself now, I believe that you can just go with your wife and maybe a clergy guy of some kind and get married with no paperwork, and it's but still if a you marriage. Were, yeah, like, let's say, do you even need the clergy guy? Like, let's say you are a man of God, sure. you feel yourself you're a priest, and you want to take somebody if, in. I think as long as you and your wife are on the same page... <clears throat> and you both got married with yourselves and no one else present, if you understood what you were doing, then I'd say it's legit. Because you're saying an oath between yes. you and your wife. To and to God. God and you probably don't really need that clergy guy. Other than that represents... That's right. It's good to have, yeah, but... Or what about alcohol? Oh, okay, now we're getting fun. So what about alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing good, Robert. Nothing good. Nothing good. What's the question? How about, what's something real simple? A simple example. Okay. Mm. Even that. A lot of these examples I'm thinking of are very... They will bring up discussion that's very heated. It can be heated. Like, there's always... It's very political. What's something that's stupid easy, but is a good point? How about, uh, I'm trying to think what's, what's allowed and what you're commanded to do are two different things. I'm still wondering the, how the Bible got drugged so heavily into this conversation. I don't know either. That's not really the point. The point is law is correct. I guess the main idea is what is law, man-made law, and what is, as you know it, to be ethical. Let's put it that way. Is there a difference? I'd say yes, there's definitely a difference. Yeah, everybody can have different ethics. My ethics might be different than yours. But that also begs the point is, just because you think it might be ethical or not ethical, how far are you willing to go? Are you willing to break the law, or are you just going to say... Myself, yes. Yeah, but like how he said, yes, he thinks he should follow laws. So that means that even if you think something is ridiculous, life-threatening, possibly dangerous to people and or not a good way to go about the world, help the community, blah, 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 whatever the law might sure. 
engage. Okay. Oh, there's a good you, example. Do you have the ethics to break that law if you feel it's necessary, or are you just going to follow suit right. with it regardless of your There's a couple cases of guys in the States, <clears throat> maybe in Canada too, where they were feeding the homeless and they were arrested for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, now we have a moral obligation to feed the needy, yeah. and we know if they were giving them food, they were cooking them food, not giving them money to potentially go buy. And it's, it would be, I mean, ethically, some people might say that is a really good thing to do. Yeah. So you're going out trying to be a good Samaritan, you want to drag the Bible into it? Sure, good Samaritan, right? Is that Whether it's there or not, exactly. it's a good idea. Well, isn't that yeah. a big part of it, is to help do unto others as you would have them yeah. do to you? Yeah. All those other things, so like you Now, said, if you don't want to because you don't want to give them money because you suspect they might go buy alcohol, that's different. Which I've done that before. Yeah. I bought sandwiches at a convenience store for a homeless guy and gave it to him. Yes, that's it. Go get the food. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've done here. that. Yeah. Yeah. Have some food. But if now the law says you're not allowed to feed them. I'd still yeah. do it anyway. Exactly. So technically, so that's a little more law. simpler. It's yeah. not like you're going out and like, oh, that guy deserves to die. I can't kill him. It's against the law, but I'm going to do it anyway because he should die. Yeah. No, it's this guy is going to die. If someone doesn't feed him, I'm going to feed him and help him yeah. out. Boom. Next thing I know, you're in the cell overnight. Like, yeah. So I can see that. That's like one extreme, and mine was kind of going the other to an extreme. But I guess what I was more leaning towards was if there's laws that you don't quite agree with, you might be better off trying to politically have the laws changed. Certainly. Unless it's to that extreme, okay, somebody's going to die. Yeah, okay, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, like if I was walking by a house and... I seen someone in the house with a weapon or something, and I, if I knew, okay, I can either break down the door, or get in somehow, <clears throat> it's still technically breaking and entering. I don't have the permission of That's the house right. owner right. to go inside. They say, you should have called the... Yeah, you should have called the RCMP. You should have called 911. That's right. Or the same idea of a dog in a car. Yeah. Day. Do you break the window or do you call the cops? The law says if you break the window, you can be charged. Yeah. But I've, there's been a lot of the cases over. They break in windows, the cops have showed up. Yeah. And they were like, good job, you did exactly what I would have done, don't worry about it. Yeah. There was one case I read not too long ago of an old couple, <coughs> and there was an unresponsive dog in their back seat. They were in a shopping center of some kind, and the, a guy broke the window open, and it was a stuffed dog. It was fake. Then, yeah, you're paying that way. <laughs> Actually, they called the cops to tell them that they broke the door, the window, so they didn't just run. They admit it. It's like, I thought it was a dog. So they called the cops. The cops showed up. It's, it's a stuffed dog. I thought he was just unresponsive. And even when the old couple came out, they met them. They waited for him. And the old couple said, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. It, yeah, I guess it does look like a real dog. Yeah. So they worked really good about it. And they let them go. Nothing came of it. That's good. But, but now, in this case, there's a lot of things going on. The old couple had a right to press charges, possibly. No. But did the person do right by rescuing a dog that wasn't really there? Did the police do the right thing by letting them go, even though they technically broke the law? See, we could get into so much more detail. I know, right? Because then I can talk to you about how dimensions are infinite and every decision oh, you make branches out from there. Mm-hmm. So, Sliders. The, uh, yeah. Do you know that show? Yeah, I watched it a bit. But the, at the point where the guy didn't know it was a dog, up until that point, in his mind, he was doing right. Yeah. And then at the point where he realized he wasn't doing, he wasn't actually saving a dog, he was just breaking a window into someone's car, then, then of course he feels bad, right? So it's, it's in his mind up to that point, he was being a good person and he was doing the right thing. Yeah. But then afterwards he realized he wasn't. And obviously those people were aware of that and were big enough people yeah. to look at it and say like, it was okay, cool. we understand. In fact, I think the end of that story is that they, in the future they attached a tag on the dog permanently that said, not a real dog. And they still, I guess they wanted to keep it in the car, so. 
Maybe it was like a grandkid's yeah. toy for in the car when he drove. It's like, that's a good idea. Yeah. Now, if the example was like, sometimes there's just a lot of stupid laws. Yes, there is. Like, can't drag a dead horse down Young Street on a Sunday. Okay. That's actually a real law in Toronto. But, like, for example, like, with ninjutsu, with uh, weapons and stuff, right? There's some laws that say certain things are illegal. Oh, that's a good example. Yeah. And now, to be smart about things, if you don't want to end up in jail, you might want to follow the laws because is it worth it to, uh, you know, let's say you have a firearm and you want to go shoot some cans out in the woods. Well, you're not hurting anybody, but the law says you can't do that. Now, if you get if caught, you simple, could be in big trouble. If it's as simple as you just need a permit, that's one thing. If you could do that, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if they're saying that citizens are not allowed to own guns, which they're pushing in mm-hmm. Canada and the U.S., and we've seen there's only two countries that I can think of right off that have actually done that. That's Germany and Venezuela. Maybe Switzerland, too. But look what's happened to both of them now. Mm-hmm. Venezuela is currently in a civil war. And they all say, we wish we hadn't given up our guns. Right. Germany, look what they did. They killed 60-some million Jews. Yeah. So I guess whenever a government has taken the guns from the people, they've all become slaves of mm-hmm. some kind. Sheep. There was an agenda. They, they told you to get rid of it because of a reason. Mm-hmm. In Canada, the reason is Muslims, but we won't get into that. <laughs> the reason is the reason why I want to have a gun. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everyone. Okay, I'm jumping in here now with a new topic. So, I was listening to another podcast, and I don't really listen to this particular podcast, but uh, I did, and I heard the guy talking about, it was ninjutsu-related even, and the guy said, Know the truth, and it shall set you free. And it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So, I just wanted to put my two cents worth in on that statement, because I know where he's taking that. He's taking that from the Bible, and it doesn't actually say that. It says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I will set you free. The truth, being himself, will set you free, not knowing the truth about something. Nothing like that. He said, the guy in the podcast also said it's in every religion, and it's universal. This is also incorrect. He then said, nowhere in those teachings does it say the truth will make you happy. Wrong again. It actually says, um, bless, blessed art thou. So if you know anything about the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, blessed art thou who this, and blessed art thou who that. And he says, you will be blessed if you do all these things. But then there's an, another section of the Bible that says, uh, if you believe in Jesus, he says, I have come to give you life and to give you more abundant life. That means... You're finally going to be alive for the first time. And not only that, but you're going to have a much better life, a much more fruitful life, a happier life, a more joyful life if you follow Jesus. So he's when he says that nowhere in those teachings does it say the truth will make you happy, he is incorrect. The truth will make you happy. Some people like to play word games and say happy and joy are not the same thing. People get happy when they go on a roller coaster. People have joy when they give their life to Christ, but that's just semantics. Happy's same thing. Happiness, what they're talking about is a temporary happiness, and this is a permanent happiness. 
on the other hand, right? So in a deeper happiness, a truer happiness, that's all, whatever. Anyway, I know it's very short and I just needed to get that out there. So that's my two cents worth on that topic. Okay, uh, now I just want to take a second to tell people that I've been collecting some used and a few new Hatsumi videos and other training videos. Most of them are used. Uh, a lot of them are my own. And if you want to get your ho uh, a hold of some of these, just go to our website at divinewarriornijusu.com and go to the store section, look up Hatsumi. There's even a link there for Hatsumi. And take a look at what I've got. I'm trading often. I If I see a good deal on a used one, I buy it and then I sell it again. So... Or if it's my own, I'll uh, get my training's worth out of it, and then I sell it off. So if you're looking for some cheaper-than-brand-new videos of Hatsumi-sensei, or perhaps some others, but mostly Hatsumi-sensei, go there and take a look. See what you got. DivineWarnAgency.com How about a quick Japanese lesson? If once in a while we throw in some short Japanese lessons for you, very basic and beginner. If you're interested in learning some more Japanese, I would advise you to visit bit.ly slash... Ninja101. That's bit.ly slash ninja101. And you can sign up for free Japanese lessons. And here's an example from there. This is a Japanese lesson all about greetings. Welcome to 3-Minute Japanese, Season 1, Lesson 2, Greetings. In this lesson, you'll learn how to greet someone when you meet and when you leave in Japanese. Here's a formal way to say good morning in Japanese. Ohayou gozaimasu. First is a word that originates from the word meaning early. Ohayou. Ohayou. Last is a polite phrase used to add politeness to the expression. Gozaimasu. Gozaimasu. Listen again to the formal phrase meaning good morning. Okay, now let's see the way to say hello or good day. Konnichiwa. This expression has only one word meaning hello or good day. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. Listen again to the word meaning good day. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. The following is the informal way to say, see you. Mata ne. First is a word meaning, again. Mata. Mata. Last is the word literally meaning, right? Ne. Ne. Listen again to the informal phrase meaning, see you. Mata ne. Mata ne. Finally is the way to say, goodbye. Sayonara. This expression has only one word meaning goodbye. Sayonara. Sayonara. Listen again to the word meaning goodbye. Sayonara. Sayonara. Now it's time for a quick cultural insight. In this lesson, we just covered a few greetings. There are many more. For example, when you leave your workplace, you would never say sayonara. Instead, we usually say, Otsukare-sama deshita. 
which means something like thank you for working together. And that's all for this lesson. Don't forget to check out the lesson notes, and we'll see you in the next lesson. Mata ne! Practice with the review track. Greetings. Konnichiwa. Hello. Good day. Gozaimasu. Phrase used to add the politeness to the expression. Sayonara. Goodbye. Mata. Again. Ne. Right? Good morning. Ohayo. Right? Ne. Phrase used to add the politeness to the expression. Gozaimasu. Again. Mata. Phrase used to add the politeness to the expression. All right. Well, once again, if you're interested in learning some more Japanese, go to bit.ly slash ninja101. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash ninja101. All right. I'm going through my music collection here, looking at some of the ninja-related songs that I have here, and I found an old one that some of you may remember from, oh, I don't know, the mid-80s, perhaps? I'm not exactly sure. Commodore 64, a game, The Last Ninja 2, actually. And this was from the level called Central Park, and I get a fuzzy feeling down inside every time I hear these songs from those old games, The Last Ninja and The Last Ninja 2. So here is Central Park, performed by an actual band, not the 8-bit version that was in the game.
That was Fast Loader singing Central Park from The Last Ninja 2. If you have any questions or comments, you can contact us at DivineWarnerJC.com. And as always, have a great time, and we'll see you on the next podcast.